Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Kevin McCarthy's going to get his wish. I don't think the adult in the room would allow America to sit atop a $33 trillion debt facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. I don't think the adult in the room would allow $8 trillion of this debt to come into refinancing at a higher level without serious spending cuts. And I don't think the adult in the room would lie to House conservatives. And that is exactly what Kevin McCarthy did. That's a lot of allegation from Matt Gates, who's dealing with his own level of allegations. While there's a lot to talk about expelling Jamal Bowman for pulling a fire alarm, the progressive from New York, there's talk about expelling Matt Gates for ethics issues. But he isn't gone yet, and he is leading the charge based on the passage of the continuing resolution to file the motion to vacate, meaning let's take a look at whether or not Kevin McCarthy should remain Speaker of the House. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Victoria Sparks joins us right now. Congresswoman Sparks from the Indiana 5th District. Full disclosure, my member of Congress who has been very, very vocal about what has happened with this uh, continuing uh, resolution. And she voted against the plan. She joins us right now. Let's start with the conversation of the continuing resolution. You have been in an ongoing battle with Speaker McCarthy, ongoing conversations about the spending issues and how did we let things get to the very last second. You did this on Saturday, or I should say Congress did this on Saturday. So last second indeed, Tell me about your no vote. What was the reason for it? Well, thank you for having me, Tony, and thank you for having this conversation because it's very important to understand that Kevin fell on a lot of fiscal issues that are very important for Americans, and he failed to win. And I told him we failed to win on our authorization and the appropriations on the debt ceiling increase. Let's at least try to win and have a plan for next year. We cannot govern by crises. Wait till the last second and then let Democrats to pretty much have a blank check like we did last time for debt ceiling. And now more Democrats voted for giving more even money to Biden than Nancy Pelosi did. I said, can we put a debt commission to have a serious conversation and push on the Senate and Biden to agree to have that even after the election. I said, the, it will be, we will not even have to vote before the election. That seems like it's a common sense thing. And he did not put it in there. I was so disappointed. We fought with him on this issue. I almost pretty much had to put a gun to his head. I'm almost literally to be able to put it on the floor. And he's still folding on it. And I'm very disappointed. The disappointment is that he did not engage a level of fiscal conservatism. Is, is I want to make sure I'm hearing you properly. Or that he did not do what he told you he was going to do. Not, it, no, he doesn't care enough to put this issue forward. So I had a very reasonable proposal. You know, we introduced the bill. We work on this issue for a while to have a debt commission that will start working right now. And at the end of next year, when we have to vote to another debt ceiling increase, because Kevin gave Biden a free, pretty much a blank check 
you know, till the end of the year, he said, you can spend as much as you want. We lifted, he didn't even put limitation. We lifted all of the debt ceiling limitation. You spend as much as you want, but we'll vote again at the end of 24. So I said, let's try to have a conversation bipartisan, bicameral, and move the needle. I mean, this issue got, it was punted by many Congresses. It, the magnitude of this issue, the magnitude of effects of inflation on Americans are so material now. But these people are afraid. They're afraid because we would have to shake up Wall Street and K Street. And if some of your listeners don't know what <clears throat> K Street is, it's with all of these lobbying groups are located in Washington, D.C. So everyone is afraid. You know, Biden doesn't want it. Schumer doesn't want it. Jeffrey doesn't want it. They're both from New York, where there are very healthy PACs coming into their, giving money into their PACs. And I said, Kevin, we need to stand up for the people, not be afraid. So we got this proposal. It was an early SCR. I think Border needed more work, but that commission could have been in this CR, which would force us to get to the table and have a discussion. Let's let's take a moment. I want to hold off on the debt commission conversation because you put out a statement right before we went uh, to air with the show that is extremely, extremely strong. We'll get to that in a second. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District. Talk to me about the continuing resolution itself. There are levels of spending cuts in here. There's no funding for Ukraine in this. What is the argument against voting for this continuing resolution. You were one of the no votes along in Indiana with uh, Congressman Jim Banks and Congressman Rudy Yockham, uh, Congressman Greg Pence, four no votes uh, from from Republicans in the state of Indiana. Uh, Take the debt commission out. What was the reason for your no vote aside from that? Well, I mean, there is. what are are you talking about? It is the same spending plus $16 of emergency fund, who knows where they're going to spend, because everything emergency under Biden, he spends whatever one probably will be funneling them to New York to help his friends there that now were ran by illegals that now dealt with other border. But what the problem is, you know, it's actually the same level that Nancy Pelosi gave him in 23, plus 16 billion. So there is no cut over there to anything. The same policy, continuation of the same policy. So I said, at least let's put them to the table to do something better next year. There is no win. More Democrats voted for that than Republicans. So, I mean, he's pretty happy. We gave him, you know, slush funds, blank checks. What kind of accountability is that? What is it? How are we any better than Democrats? Why are we, what are we standing for? What are we delivering for? Nothing. Well, the then let's take, let's take a step back. There were a couple of other opportunities in the days before and the week before to pass a continuing resolution. It's not that I agree. I don't think there should have been a continuing resolution. That's, that's not my point. It's that those uh, were, were certainly stronger in a way. But Representative Matt Gates, who we played earlier, and others were absolutely opposed to them. Why was their opposition to those earlier stronger, more fiscally conservative continuing resolutions? Because that was too late in reality and impossible to do. I started voting against Republican rules in July because I said we need to start dealing with this issue. We're going to be in a situation where it's going to be last two days. It's impossible to reconcile differences on such a big issue like border security. Let's start working now and push this issue forward. But no one did anything. Everyone was politicking. And Kevin can may, you know, blame his committee chairs and all these people. But in reality, he's the leader. When he starts saying that things need to get moving, things started to get moving. But we waited till last second. 
didn't explain what we're fighting for and were not proactive. And I told him in July to the point where I actually started voting against Republican rules and they started killing every amendment and I had a rules committee just to, you know, to get even with me, which is fine. I am okay to get, it's a big league, you know, we can do that. You know, but I'm just saying he was not proactive on that issue and everyone knew that there was not enough time. So that was a totally messaging bill, I'll be honest with you, which I voted for because there were some good policies in there, but it was impossible to get that move two days before they shut down. So that's not and plus when you say, Well, you know, we are not going to refuse to shut down the government. You know, it's like in the in the poker, right? The game is like everyone knows that, you know, you can never bluff and they not, can predict you. Oh, no, we are not going to shut down. Why they should agree to it? If you're not going to make some strikes and stand the ground, you know, you're never going to win. And that's unfortunately, he didn't play that game right. But that's not a game. It's the lives of Americans. We have open borders. We have crushing debt. We have administrations that run in wild. And I said, I used to say, let's pick three hills to die on, and I'll help you to take them. I am saying, let's just pick one. And I think that commission is what Samson wanted at least do better for next year. And then we let's can talk, deal with the border. Let's talk about the debt commission as you have it. And we'll get to some other things. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparts of the Indiana 5th District. This is what you put out. You put it out on X Twitter uh, just today, an immediate release. Quote, I've done many very difficult things, being one woman standing many times with many very long hours and personal sacrifices. But there is a limitation to human capacity. If Congress does not pass a debt commission this year to move the needle on the crushing national debt inflation, at least at the next debt ceiling increase at the end of 2024, I will not continue sacrificing my children for this circus with a complete absence of leadership vision and spine i cannot save this republic alone uh congresswoman i I know you a little bit uh you were kind enough to invite me uh to uh congress to the joint session to hear the president of israel uh uh give a a a speech and and such an enjoyable event it was but this statement here is a statement that is meant to slap Kevin McCarthy in the face. This is a slap to the speaker, and this is a threat to resign if you don't get the debt commission. Am I reading this wrong? No, it's not just him. It's actually we need to decide as the Republicans, do we stand for something or not? Because let's be realistic, Tony. I've been in politics not, you know, not from yesterday. My kids went strollers. Now they're in high school. I understand very well. Next year, no one is going to be governing or doing any legislation voluntarily. It's going to be all election and politics. So unless something happens that forces us to govern next year, it's going to be we're going to be like talking heads on TV, sitting there doing big presentation and doing nothing. That's a reality of politics, unfortunately. So generally, you know, your first year, you know, after you get in charge, you know, whether you're president, where you're in charge of Congress, is more productive year. And we didn't do much productivity. So I told him, Legis, I understand elections are tough. Let's do something at the end of the year. If we're not forced, because you cannot solve some major issues overnight. You have to have deliberation. You have to have debate. You have to communicate and get American people on board. It takes time to have good policies, at least move the needle. So if we're not starting this year and forced, because that commission is a forced mandatory 
vote at the end of next Congress. We will have to vote. The Congress, the House and the Senate will have to vote on the recommendations. But recommendations is not going to happen overnight. We'll communicate with the people. We'll explain everything. Commissions will have hearing and input. And it is bipartisan and bicameral because major issues cannot be solved by one party. But this states, Congresswoman, this states very clearly, in my view, I shouldn't say states, but makes the argument that the leadership is the issue when you say uh, this circus... I will not continue sacrificing my children for this circus with a complete absence of leadership, vision, and spine. Are you in favor of a motion to vacate and have Kevin McCarthy removed as Speaker of the House? I'm open-minded with it. I haven't decided yet, but I'm open-minded. You're open-minded to the idea of the motion, or are you open-minded to the idea of a new Speaker? Those are two different things. I'm open-minded to support a motion, and I'm open-minded with an idea of a new Speaker. I haven't decided yet on this issue. I haven't decided how I'm going to vote if Matt Gates is going to move this motion. I haven't. Is there are there others aside from Congressman Gates? And there's a, a statement out from from Newt Gingrich uh, whether or not Matt Gates is trying to burn the Republican Party from from within. It's really kind of a fascinating piece from him. Um, are there others who feel the way? Representative Gates does, and maybe I should leave him out of this. Are there others who feel like you do? Is there is there some level of, of groundswell amongst Republicans in the House that Kevin can't provide the strength, Speaker McCarthy can't provide the strength that you feel is necessary? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Zarai, and we'll see how people are going to decide. But I work on a few issues with Newt Gingrich, and Newt Gingrich had toughness and vision and had a spine when he was a speaker. And it was very different. The Republicans was able to deliver on the Democrat president because he did. And I want to give Kevin some chances. I gave him few. And he keeps telling that he's going to try to deliver and fight. But unfortunately, it's very difficult for him because he never been in the trenches and never fought the fight. So we'll see how, you know, my other colleagues are going to see and decide. But uh, there is a lot of frustrations from uh, a variety of conservatives. I mean, Matt has, you know, he's a very unique personality, actually, a very, very talented, you know, person. I've worked with a few issues with him in Judiciary Committee. And, you know, I, you know, sometimes he just does a lot of things that I don't know, maybe just not, you know, for, for entertainment purposes. But sometimes he brings very valid points, you know, and there are some other conservatives with frustration, including me. And I'm going to think through this and decide what I'm going to do. If there is no debt commission, Congresswoman, you're going to resign right there on the spot at the end of uh, 2024? I will think about that and see if there is anything else I can be useful, but I don't need to be a talking head in TV. It's a great honor, a great responsibility, and I'm willing to do sacrifices if I have people with me and if I can deliver for the people. But if I cannot deliver, I cannot move such major issues along. I need to have more people, and I've been working and get more Republicans actually concerned, and Democrats. We actually, even from ground up, get in Democrat support. I've called some people in the Senate and in the House but ultimately, if you don't have a leader that's willing to fight, and he says he's going to die on this hill and take this hill, very difficult from ground up to be able to resolve it. So I want to I have f- a leader like that, and I'll have to decide on Kevin. 
I find it interesting that just a couple of weeks ago, it was Speaker McCarthy who called you a quitter, and I got the sense from your statements that you were thinking of running for re-election. Now we're having a conversation uh, about, uh, you know, uh, there's no sense in sticking around if no one's going to do uh, the work. We're going to see how this goes. You remain open-minded to the possibility of a new speaker or a motion to vacate. We will follow up with you. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the Indiana 5th District. Can't thank you enough for joining us. More ahead. I'm Tony Katz. There's reality and then there is not reality. Reality is the Dow is down 200, the NASDAQ is up 50, and the 10-year Treasury, that was 4.63, and right now it's at 4.69. Oh, did it crack 4.7? Yes, it did. Cracked 4.7 just moments ago, which means a 30-year fixed is probably somewhere around uh, 7.9%. I believe I've got that right, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 7.83% is the national average on a 30-year fixed mortgage. That's reality. This is the Biden White House. Well, we think Bidenomics is uh, clearly working, and it's not just about the here and now, although it's about that too. So let's start with where we are right now. Uh, Again, we have real wage gains over the past few months, and that consistently supports strong consumer spending, which is leading to uh, GDP growth estimates that are way above trend for Q3 that I'm sure you've seen. Uh, If you have a healthy consumer and a 70% consumer spending economy, that's going to get a lot done. That's the here and now. We have wages rising. We have prices coming down. Uh, The headline's down by about half in the PCE. Why do they keep talking about raising rising wages if inflation eats it does it matter next you're going to tell me how you're bringing gas prices down oh no wait you did bring gas prices down but now they're going back up that's the russians i can't keep up i don't want a bad economy there are some people who love this because it means that joe biden loses in 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 2024 and and whoever it is trump or whoever else and i'm gonna get into some whole trump things oh the trial The trial in New York, his statements where I think was a faux pas, the clear uh, politicizing of this election, all of it. I'm going to I'm going to get into that. But you 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 can't actually think that this is all good. I want things to be good. I don't win anything by the economy being in the crapper. I looked at my 401k yesterday and uh, I actually have. Where is it? I have uh, actually um, an audio sample of what happened after I did. Ah! That was it. That was it right there. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 gosh. Uh, it seems that retirement is not tomorrow. That uh, It wasn't coming tomorrow. I'm just saying it isn't. It's not like the choice was there. These things aren't good. You can argue that there's always a time to buy a house because you're better off with the house uh, and, and a mortgage and then, than you are with rent. 8%? We're nearing 8% interest. It changes everything. And there's such little inventory out there that the housing prices are staying high and going up. 
It's like every place in America just learned what California's been doing for the last 20 years. This isn't good for anyone. Yet the White House still wants to tell you uh, that you're just a fool if you don't know how great this is. You're not a fool. It's not great. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I think the Republican Party right now is completely out of step with the American people. And what we saw today and what we saw this week leading up to this final hour, you know, compromise, not even a compromise, but really capitulation by the Republican Party, we saw them go through every single possible iteration of cutting cutting benefits. They tried to cut across the board 30 percent of the budgets of critical agencies like the Social Security Administration. They they voted some of the most moderate members, quote unquote, moderate members of the Republican Party, casted votes for things like 80 percent cuts under the Department of Education to low income schools. This is not a moderate party period. There are not moderates in the Republican Party. There are just different degrees of fealty to Donald Trump. Uh, But it starts with a lot of fealty and then it goes to extreme fealty. She's the best. They've put Representative Ocasio-Cortez on a lot of TV lately. You didn't hear from her for weeks and now she's everywhere. Nothing, Nothing but fealty for Trump. That's the whole party. Nothing but fealty for Trump. That's a rational argument. How that's not combated by uh, a Jake Tapper uh, over there at CNN. Well, that's just Jake Tapper for you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. There's been a whole bunch of this talk. Republicans are just not qualified. That was Ocasio-Cortez. Then there was uh, Senator Chris Murphy on MSNBC with uh, progressive Democratic uh, spokesperson Jen Psaki. I'm going to offer a motion to vacate the speakership this week. He wants McCarthy removed. You, of course, are, have not been in the House for a long time, but you do have to work with a chaotic House. How concerned are you that an already kind of wild House could become even more difficult to work with? Well, listen, this is an ongoing disaster for the American people. Uh, Republicans are simply not fit to govern. They're not serious people. And while the House of Representatives uh, Republican caucus is going to go through another round of navel gazing, deciding who's going to lead them, people out there are hurting. It's exactly how we feel about you, Senator Murphy, you gigantic beta male. It's exactly how we feel about you. Not fit to govern. You want to talk about fealty, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Your fealty to the unions. Your fealty to Randy Weingarten, who tried to keep children out of schools. Your your fealty uh, to the very idea that parents shouldn't have rights. Oh, I'll get into some of that coming up. You want to talk about fealty. Your fealty to the cult of green. Hmm. See, everybody can play this. Now let's talk about policies that work and policies that don't. But if we're going to talk about fit to govern and not govern 
then we have to share this clip from Joe Biden talking about signing the continuing resolution to keep the government funded where he pulls a Mitch McConnell. Now, this comes within a a, uh, small presser he had about uh, the continuing resolution. This clip is 26 seconds. You are more than welcome to go find the full clip. As a matter of fact, Sarah, if you can find the full clip, put it over at TonyCats.com and put this clip there uh, as well, or at least the link that we have to, to Rumble where we keep everything. Listen. I hope this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um, anyway. Don't ever tell me about fit to govern, Senator Murphy. Don't ever, ever, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, tell me about fit to govern. Oh, no, no, no. Joe Biden lost track of where he was. Joe Biden lost track of what he was saying. Joe Biden, I don't know what happened there in those six, seven seconds, but he went quiet. He lost himself again. As close to a Mitch McConnell freezing moment as I have seen. Mitch McConnell usually ends up staring off to the right a, a, a little bit, just in a in a, a near near daze, like like a deer in headlights, literally like that. Joe Biden's not okay. Doesn't matter what they say about the continuing resolution. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Do not buy into it. Do not fall for it. It doesn't matter. They tell you it matters. They, they tell you that this was the most important thing. And oh my gosh, these uh, Republicans can't do this. Republicans can't do that. Oh, the party's just this. And the cat's stealing you. The officer's shucking you, I told him. You got the right ta-ta, but the wrong ho-ho. First things first. Many of us are on the political right. We know that the Republican Party is incompetent. We don't need to be told by Murphy or Ocasio-Cortez. We've been doing this for a while, people. We got it. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. But damn, my brother dumb. We know. We freaking know, man. These people, the Republican Party can snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory like no one else. They can screw up anything. These people could screw up instant grits. They're really, really dumb. We get it. But if you think that the story coming out of this possible shutdown is Republican issues... Yeah, you're not seeing it right. The issue is Joe Biden right here on at the podium. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um... Let me describe what's happening. Joe Biden is looking down. 
He's at the podium, two microphones side by side, blue suit, kind of blue and white, uh, small uh, striped uh, tie on the horizontal, white shirt, American flag pin fl- uh, flanked by uh, the flag of the United States. He's looking down. He's looking down and and just searching for the word. His mouth is open. From the moment he stops talking to the moment he starts talking again. I, uh, um, anyway. See that? That's what Americans are talking about. You, it bothers you. It makes you angry. It's ageist. It's ableist. No one cares. It's fact. Congress screwing up, not getting to fund the country, the, the continuing resolutions, spending too much. We're used to that. Don't get me wrong. We've been arguing about the incompetence uh, for years now. We're disgusted by what we're seeing and about the spending, which you, Senator Murphy, and you, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, don't give a good holy damn about. I mean, Republicans have problems, too. Democrats spend. Republicans spend slower. But Biden's the subject. Biden's the story. He's the story. Unless you want the story to be California, where Senator Feinstein passes away last week at the age of 90. And so now you have Governor Gavin Newsom, who Democrats are desperate, desperate to have run uh, for, for president. He decides, hey, I've got myself an opportunity here. I don't say he decides. He now has to nominate somebody. To the Senate. I said nominate, but really it's a point. So he's going to appoint someone to the Senate. Who does he appoint? LaFonza Butler. I didn't know who she was uh, either. I was unaware of her and her history with uh, Emily's List, which is really about um, uh, leftist causes, specifically abortion. And supporting women uh, candidates who support abortion, and uh, she's she's got this history in that she was actually an advisor to Kamala Harris's presidential campaign. I actually have exclusive audio of how um, how her uh, presidential campaign went down. Let me see if I can let me see if I can find it. Uh, right here. It always seems. Oh, here it is. This is exclusive audio of Kamala Harris's presidential campaign. Right. Right. And then a little bit of. That was supposed to be a car crash. Supposed to be a car crash. Right. Right there. Do I have anything else that would kind of kind of re- resemble uh, this? Well, if it was the gong show, if we brought that back, that would be it. Train wreck. She was part of that team, and now she's going to be the senator from California, except she lives in Maryland. I can't, I can't make this up. LaFonza Butler, by the way, LaFonza, L-A-P-H-O-Z-N-Z-A, L-A-P-H-O-N-Z-A, LaFonza Butler. 
She's registered to vote in Maryland. She has an address in Maryland. She's had that address for two years. Registered as a Democrat as of September 12th, 2022. Silver Spring, Maryland. I used to live in Silver Spring, Maryland. Lightonsville Road. I don't know if she lived nearby. It doesn't matter. She's from Maryland. She used to live in California, but for the last two and a half, three years, she has lived in Maryland. They tried to take this off the Emily's List website. Uh, it didn't. It didn't take. This is whom Gavin Newsom said, that's who should replace Dianne Feinstein. And remember, he said, if I ever have to replace a senator, uh, it will be with a black woman. Um, you, you, you just, you, you, you what? You're going to rule out all the options to check some boxes. This is what you're going to do. You're going to rule these people out. All these people out to check some boxes. Well, that's that's bigoted. And it is. And everybody understands it's bigoted. One of the people who discussed how bigoted it is is Senator Lee from California, Barbara Lee, quote, the idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across this country who have carried the Democratic Party to victory election after election. Well, I'm I'm glad you figured that out. Because that's absolutely correct. But that's exactly what the left has been promoting for years. They've been promoting the idea of check the boxes. They've been promoting this idea of bigotry for years. Don't you get that they hate you? Of course they take black votes for granted. If you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's taking black votes for granted. And then you'll have people say, well, if you vote for a Republican, you're a traitor. That's why she was picked. Now, she might have skills. She's done a whole bunch of lefty things. She was the Airbnb policy and campaigns director. She was on the University of California Regents Board for three years. President of the SCIU United Long-Term Care Workers. Lot, a lot of progressive bona fides with LaFonza Butler. There was nobody else. Maybe somebody who lived in California. But Gavin Newsom had already boxed himself in and said, I'm going to do this. Oh, look how woke I am. This isn't woke. We don't know if California got the best person. You created such a limit. Now, let's be clear. Plenty of qualified people all around the country, and I got to assume in California, who are black women. And he picked the one that doesn't even live there. Forget replacing your senator. I think it's time to replace your governor. And you want me to focus on how Republicans can't govern? Representative Ocasio-Cortez, beta male Senator Chris Murphy. I already know that they can't. The problem is you can't either.
Maybe the truth is no one can govern. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Well, I think it could be better. Jamal Bowman proves that. I'll I'll get into it. That's coming up. This is Tony Katz today. I got to get into this Trump trial. The weirdo judge smiling as Trump walked into the courtroom. I mean, oh, I'll get I'll go and get into the to the nuts and bolts and how it maybe uh, affects uh, the race for president. That's what I'm going to do. Tony Katz, uh, good to be with you. And then you've got Bill Clinton agreeing with Kathy Hochul, the governor of Is New York. Cost of wait for it. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, she's uh, saying that, well, we've got to do something about this illegal immigration. It can be done. This can be done in a bipartisan way, comprehensive immigration form. Where what specifically quotas, do you want? Numbers people can come in. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. Funny. We've been saying this for years, and we were told we were racists and xenophobes. But Democrat Kathy Hochul is on it, and the next thing you know, well, they're also calling her a racist and a xenophobe. I got to assume that's happening. Turmoil in the political left. What? Only the political right can have turmoil? This is telling Alejandro Mayorkas that he's a liar. This is telling Ayanna Presley, representative from Massachusetts, that she's a liar. This is telling Hank Johnson, representative from Georgia, that he's a liar. That's what Kathy Hochul's saying. That's what former President Bill Clinton is saying. This is what we know. We know the border's not okay. We know people lie about asylum. I'm glad she knows. Now let's get something done about it. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com.